Uh, today we are continuing our study through the book of Daniel. And so if you have your Bible, today we're going to be looking in Daniel chapter 9, verses uh, 24 through 27. And I'm just going to go ahead and be up front with you here. I just want you to know this. this these four verses... No, wait, is that right? Or three. Whatever. Anyway, those are 27 through 29. Un stinking believable. It, it will blow, it blew my mind, and so I'm just going to tell you right now, your mind is about to be blown today. And so it's just a lot of fun, uh, this passage of scripture. It's about prophecy, which is really strange for me, because uh, I don't do real well with language that's sort of abstract, but in here, it, it's, it's, it becomes very clear. And so it's just a lot of fun to look through. Uh, but today's message is called God's Calendar. And I don't know how many of y'all uh, live by a calendar. I'm one of the people that I, if it's not on my calendar, I don't do it. I don't know anything about it. And so I need all the help that I can get. Uh, this past year, I've had three different phones. And I would like to say it's because, you know, I'm generous and I loan them out or I'm so busy, I need them all. I've misplaced them, which is a, my wife says lost. And so I just say misplaced because it's a better word. And so some of us struggle uh, mostly, it's usually people who are geniuses, you know, struggle with uh, misplacing things all the time, and I'm one of those people, but at least I'm not as bad as this guy. Now, I want to, I'm going to preface the story, because once again, I told another story that is absolutely hilarious, and nobody laughed. And so y'all, whether you mean it or not, laugh at the end of the story, because it's really good. Anyway, so this guy is tremendously, uh, he's tremendously forgetful, but he has a friend who comes to visit him on a ranch. And his, he's got this incredible dog. He goes, watch my dog. He's a great worker. So this dog's running around. He's rounding up cattle. And he, and he gets him into the, into the crowd, gets him all pinned up. And the dog gets on his hind legs and shuts the gate. That's impressive. And he puts his paw over on the latch and he drops it down. And he sits back down and starts wagging his tail and running around. And the guy is blown away. His friend looks at him and says, that is the most, uh, that's the most unbelie- unbelievable thing I've ever seen. So what is that dog's name? And... Uh, and he, he thought about it for a second. He said, oh, my gosh. Um, and he sat there and he said, it's, you know, what do you call that flower? It's red and it's got a long, um, you know, log stem. It's got thorns on it. What do you call that? It was, it's, it's a rose. That's right. He goes, hey, Rose, what's our dog's name? Okay. So anyway, uh, nobody laughed this morning, but I thought, I thought that was great. So anyway, I, I, now I'm not that bad. But uh, I do have some problems with forgetting. And so I use, I use Google Calendar a lot. I'm sure some of you do too. And when I use it, you know, I always put that little alarm on there, the alert. And so that when it's time for me to go somewhere, you know, it'll ding. And so I just have to make sure I have my computer open so that I'm paying attention. Well, today we are talking about God's calendar. And God has given us a calendar so that we can look to the future and have an idea and began to know, you know, what is it exactly that's going to happen? And part of the reason why God has given us texts like today concerning prophetic events, things to happen in the future, so that we'll be prepared and ready when they actually come. And so that's what we're going to look at today in our passage of Scripture. We're going to see that there was this angel who came and gave a vision, gave a really gave sort of a foretelling of what was going to happen in the future to this man named Daniel. And one of the reasons why he did it was so that Daniel would be prepared. One of the reasons why he did it was so that people like us would be prepared about the future. And my guess is that there are a lot of you who are like me. You like it when you know what things are about to happen so that you can be prepared. 
Um, have, have you ever been anywhere before or experienced something where you weren't ready for it? It kind of caught you by surprise? That happened to you all? It's not a lot of fun, especially if it's like an embarrassing thing. I, I still remember Emily and I, when we first got married, her parents were up in the mountains of North Carolina, and they asked us to come eat with them, like eat lunch, maybe it was dinner, I think it was dinner. Come eat dinner with them, and so we drove up to North Carolina, and I knew they'd been playing golf, and they, they'd just gotten finished, and so I was like, well, they got done playing golf, so I wore shorts and, 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 and a nice, a nice, like, t-shirt, which is not great, but I mean, so, you know, we, it was hot, and so we go up there, and we go to the restaurant that's there at the golf course, and I walk in, and they said, you can't come in like that. Okay, well, we've driven from, you know, from, like, Columbia, and I'm like, what do I need? And they said, well, you have to have a, a, a blazer when you come here. Well, I didn't have one. They said, well, don't worry. They said, we've got one back in the closet that you can, that you can wear so you can eat here. So they go out and they get, I'm not, they get the ugliest blazer that there is. It's a plaid. It's like a pink with a plaid blazer. And I'm not lying. It is three times too big for me. And so I'm wearing shorts, a t-shirt and this humongous coat. And I go in with Emily's parents, and I'm walking in, and it's, I'm wearing a sign basically saying, I'm a moron, and I was absolutely not prepared. Now, no one likes to experience that. And so the good news for us today is that God wants us to be ready. God wants us to be prepared. And so he's given us a picture today of his calendar, of what's going to happen in the future. Now, now, what are some things or some important events that have been on God's calendar And the very first one I want you to see, the first important event that's on God's calendar is the coming of Jesus. Now, this is something that, you have to remember, this book was written, Daniel, was written hundreds of years before the life of Jesus. And so God gives a vision to Daniel saying, one of the important events on my calendar is the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. And you can see this in verses 24 and 25. This is sort of some some prophetic and kind of strange language, but we'll get into it in a minute. But it says, 70 weeks are decreed about your people and and your holy city to bring the rebellion to an end, to put a stop to sin, to wipe away injustice, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be rebuilt with a plaza and a moat, but in difficult times. Okay, strange language here. What's all this about? Well, we're going to start off talking about the 70 weeks that are mentioned in uh, verse number 24. Now, at the time, what's going on is Daniel's praying. And as Daniel prays, there is an angel that comes to Daniel, and he gives him a vision. Now, this is a little side note here that I think is really interesting. The angel's name is Gabriel. Now, have y'all heard, have y'all heard of that name before, the angel Gabriel? Here's what's really cool about him. Gabriel's mentioned, not just here, he's also mentioned in the New Testament. If you go over to the New Testament, one of the things that Gabriel did is he's the angel who showed up and talked to Mary and Joseph. And he told Mary and Joseph, he said, you're going to have a kid, and you're going to name him Jesus. Okay, so 500 years before, this angel is talking to Daniel. And he tells Daniel, okay, in years to come, there is going to be a Messiah who's going to come. So I just thought that was kind of cool. So I just, that has nothing to do with really our text today. But I thought, isn't that neat that he's, he's still on message you know, 500 years later, he's telling the same thing. There will be a Messiah who's going to come. 
Okay, now let's talk about the 70 weeks. The, ga- the angel Gabriel told Daniel, 70 weeks are decreed about the Israelites and Jerusalem. What is he talking about here? I mean, we start, what does 70 weeks mean? He's talking about a time period, a period of time. If you look at that word 70 weeks, Bible, the guys who exposit or who, who uh, do exegesis on the Bible, all the study on the Bible, they'll let you know that word 70 weeks, it's really translated, if you take it from, you know, like Hebrew to English, it's seven times 70. Seven times 70. And when it speaks of years, it's, or excuse me, when it speaks of weeks, it's actually talking about years. And there's other places in the Bible that, that's, that show this is how they used to speak. They talk about weeks and they meant years. Okay, so 70, okay, it means seven times 70. For all you people, uh, Richland 2 guys, I'm a Richland 2 product. Anybody know, what is seven times 70? What is it? Come on. 490. That's right, so y'all good. 490, seven times 70, so 490 what? 490 years, what does that mean? The angel's telling, telling Daniel, he said, before the purposes of Israel are completed, 490 years will pass. Okay, what, what is, what's the purpose of Israel? Well, it's actually, it tells us today. If you look back in verse number 24, here's the purpose of Israel. It is to bring the rebellion to an end, to put a stop to sin, to wipe away iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, to anoint the most holy place. Now, that's a big deal. Israel's here for a purpose, for a reason. But the Lord gave Daniel an even more tangible hint about what was going to happen according to his calendar in verse 25. Listen to this. He told him from the issuing of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem to the coming Messiah, he said that will be 69 weeks. Okay, remember, that means years. So 69 times 7. Anybody know? You know, 70 times 7 is 490, so minus 7 of that, what's that equal? I'm just seeing if y'all are awake. Yeah, okay, good. There's two people awake. It's 483 years. Okay, so no, no, what does this, all this mean? What he's saying is, okay, there's going to be, where is Israel at this time? Where are the people of Israel at this time when Daniel's writing this? Where are they? Y'all remember? They're, they're in captivity. They're in Babylon, right? Okay. God's telling them right here, he says, you're going to go home one day. And they're like, well, when are we going to go home? He said, well, you're going to go home soon. He's, as a matter of fact, we talked about last week. He said, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Okay, they're, they're moving towards the end of the 70 years here. Okay, and then God says, there's going to be somebody, there's going to be a king who's going to come, who's going to issue a decree and tell you that you can all go back to Israel. At this point, this hasn't happened yet. But did you know that it eventually did happen? It, this historically went outside the Bible. We know there's a king, his name was Artaxerxes, who issued a decree for the Jews. He said, y'all go back home and rebuild your temple. Uh, it's actually mentioned in Ezra chapter 7, verses 11 through 13. I'm not going to read it, but here's what's really cool. Okay, y'all, this is the, maybe this won't blow your mind. It, when I was reading, I got so excited, I, I called our staff in. I was like, y'all, listen to this. This is, this is cool. The issuing of the decree happened about 80 81 years after Daniel's vision here. We know this. And the, the year uh, that was uh, mentioned um, in, in history was, I think it was like in four, I don't know, like maybe like 450 or something like that. 
when, when Artaxerxes made the decree, they know this from outside biblical sources. This is when he told the people, you can go home. That's when the countdown begins. God says after he issues the decree, you count out the 483 years. What happens after the 483 years? Messiah. Did you, this, is, this is cool. We know the date. You count 483 years into the future. You know when it comes out to? It's not Christmas. This is what's really cool. It comes out to Palm Sunday when Jesus is walking into Jerusalem to be crucified. Now, what's the big deal about Palm Sunday? The big deal about Palm Sunday is the first public pronouncement that was given that Jesus was the Messiah. What, what, what did the people do? When they saw Jesus coming in, he's riding on a donkey, and the people are shouting out, Hosanna to the son of, Na- of David. He who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The first public pronouncement to the day, 483 years later, it's Jesus coming in to Jerusalem. Now, what's the big deal about Palm Sunday? It's prophesied about. Book of Matthew speaks of it. It says, this took place so that what was spoken to the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you gentle and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. This stuff, I read that, it blew my mind. Now, is that crazy? Or am I the only one? Y'all, I got excited. I was like, oh my gosh. Now, what does this mean? It means, the, to me, the Bible is true. It's accurate. I mean, look at that stuff. I'm like, he nails it to the day when the public pronouncement of the Messiah is coming. Y'all, this is, oh my goodness, it's over 500 years before he receives his prophecy. And you can can count it out, and it's the first Palm Sunday. What does that mean? Y'all, Jesus is not just some other dude. He's not just some guy who came here to be an example for us. He is the Son of God. He came here as Messiah to reconcile man to God. And no other person could fulfill this role except Jesus because he's the only one that was was alive. You can mention some other God. He doesn't come out to 483 years and you start talking about other gods. It comes out to Jesus. Acts 4.12 says, there's no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. It is the name of Jesus. So what does that mean? If you're looking for forgiveness, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for reconciliation, it's only found in Jesus. And so God's shouting out, I got a calendar. And what's the first important event on the calendar? It's the coming of Jesus. Here's another one. Another important event on the calendar. Not just the coming of Jesus, but then the death of Jesus. The death of Jesus is also prophesied about. Look in uh, verse number 26. It says, after those 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and will have nothing. And the people of the coming prince will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come with the flood. And until the end, there will be war. Desolations are decreed. Now, we're told that that after this period of time, the Messiah is going to come. We're told that he will, you know, he's going to be announced. That happens on Palm Sunday. And then it says that after he's announced, he will be cut off. That, that word cut off is mentioned a few times in the Bible. You know what that means? It means to be executed like a criminal. Okay, this, again, Jesus hasn't been, is not alive here. Not at this point. And Daniel, the, the angel Gabriel is telling him the Messiah is going to come, and then he will be executed like a criminal. Did that happen? Yeah, Jesus was put on a cross. 
Isaiah 53, 5 speaks of the death of Jesus. It says, he was pierced because of our transgressions. He was crushed because of our sin, our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. Now, why is all this stuff on God's calendar? And, and I think there's a couple of reasons. I think, for starters, God's letting us know when Jesus died, he wasn't surprised. There was a reason for it. Now, if you were living during that day, I, y'all, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that I would have been super spiritual and I'd been saying, yeah, I know this is all a part of God's plan. I think I'd have been very much like the disciples. When, when Jesus was arrested, we're told that the disciples, they all run away. You know, they scattered. Uh, after Jesus leaves, we are told that the disciples, they, they went back into uh, their, their old trades, their old professions. It's not, it's, I mean, I'd been the same way. I'd been like, well, you know, Jesus, he, did, man, he got us excited. You know, he healed people. He gave us some hope, but he's gone now. So now it's, it's time for me to get on with my life. And here's the deal. The death of Jesus was not a defeat. It's a victory. In such a weird way. It's a victory. Hebrews 9.22 tells us, And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. The Bible tells us that those who follow God will be adopted into his family and they will receive an inheritance from him. What's that inheritance? It's forgiveness. It's eternal life. Now, here's the deal. Before you can ever receive an inheritance, what has to happen? Other than you have to get your name on the will. What has to happen? Somebody's got to die, right? Why did did Jesus die? To put into effect the inheritance. Guys, without the death of Jesus... There's no inheritance for us. And only Jesus had the ability to pay off our debt. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Now this whole concept blew the mind of the people who were living then because they thought that the Messiah was going to be one who's going to come in and just pull out like a, a huge a Gatlin gun and just start spraying all the Romans, kicking them out. They wanted, they wanted political freedom. Jesus didn't come to give them freedom like that. He said, I came to abolish and destroy sin. Because guys, sin is devastating. Adam and Eve lived in perfection. They sin, what happens? They get kicked out. They're separated from God. Hardship comes into their lives. So many of you know this firsthand. You've experienced how sin has wreaked havoc on your life. You're like, man, I want freedom from it. I'd like to live in victory. That is why Jesus came. To eradicate sin and its power. Let me try to give you an example of, uh, you know, there's a disease called smallpox that used to be a tremendously devastating disease. In the late 1800s, or late 18th century, 400,000 Europeans would die annually from smallpox. Now, what's even more mind-blowing to me is, I didn't know this, was even as recently as 1967, 2 million people in that one year died from smallpox. What happened is they began, finally after that, they began to do general inoculations all over the world for smallpox. By 1979, 
who the World Health Organization said that smallpox had been eradicated because of these inoculations. That's a pretty neat story. Now, I read that, I thought, you know, in in a very real sense, Jesus is the inoculation for us for the disease of sin. See, Jesus says, if you, if you trust me, if you take me into your life, I will inoculate you from the poison of sin. It doesn't mean you're going to live a perfect life. It just means that the power of sin will no longer have dominion over you. See, the Bible says sin is death. Sin destroys, it separates us from God. But whenever we have Christ in us, the power of sin no longer holds sway over our lives. Romans 8, 35-39 says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than victorious or more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, Hostile powers, height nor depth, nor any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. God, Jesus, inoculates you from the power of sin. And God wants you to know it. That's why he gave us a calendar. What's on the calendar? Coming of Jesus. The death of Jesus. Those things have already happened. We know, historically speaking, when it talks about the 69 weeks, the 69 weeks have already happened. Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose from the grave, Israel's back in their country again. But we talked about 70 weeks, remember? There's one week left. What's, what's up with that one? This is God's calendar. This is the third one. God wants you to know about the coming of Jesus, the death of Jesus, but he also wants you to know about one called the Antichrist. Have, have y'all heard of the Antichrist before? Y'all, I mean, are you familiar with that, that term anyway, if y'all heard that? You know, what in the world is that? Who in the world is it? His name is Gary. I'm just kidding. Who is the Antichrist? We, we don't know yet. We'll talk about that later um, in, the next, in the next couple weeks. Look in verse 27. He will make a firm covenant with many for one week. Wouldn't that be terrible if his name was like Doug? <laughs> okay, anyway. Okay. He will make a firm covenant with many for one week. But, but in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and offering, and the abomination of desolation will be on a wing of the temple until the decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator. Okay, we'll, we'll try to figure out what all this stuff means. We know the 483 years already passed. In 483 years, that is when the people returned home. That is, uh, during that time period, 483 years, it marked when Jesus walks into Jerusalem being proclaimed Messiah. Okay, so then what's going on here? What happened to the 70th week? It hadn't happened yet. One week left. Why hasn't it happened yet? Because God's gracious. When we talk about the 70th week, we're talking about the end of time. And God wants all people to know. Contrary to many people's opinions, God loves people. Second, uh, Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. But he wants all to come to repentance. Okay, that's, that's good news, but guys, here's the deal. There's going to be a day when God will fulfill his calendar. What's on that calendar? The Antichrist is on that calendar. Well, what, does, what does he do? Verse 27 says, He will make a covenant with many for one week. Who is the he? It's the Antichrist. Who is the Antichrist? If you look through the Bible, it mentions him in many different places. 
uh, the Antichrist. Um, have y'all, let's see, uh, you might remember from Daniel 7 and 8, we talked about the, you remember the sheep that had the little horn on his head? Okay, that's, that's it's referring to the Antichrist. You can go back and look at that if you don't remember. Um, 2 Thessalonians 2.2 talks about the man of sin, man of perdition. So that's the Antichrist. That's who it's talking about here today. Revelation 13, you'll be more familiar with this one. The beast. Heard of that? The mark of the beast? This is who we're talking about right here in our text. Now, now what's he going to do? Now, he's not going to be wearing a sign that says, Hello, I am the Antichrist. Okay? It's not going to say that. He's going to trick people. Matter of fact, it says, basically, he's going to be like a man of peace. It says that he's going to have a covenant with many people for one week. Okay, so one week, remember we talk about weeks, be, be years. So we're talking about so his reign will be seven years. He's going to make a covenant. He's, what, what's this covenant? He's making a covenant with the people of Israel for peace. Y'all, that is the holy grail of politics today. Y'all been watching the news about Israel and Hamas and all that stuff? Crazy, insane stuff. And you're like, is there ever going to be peace there? Here's the deal. Bible says there's going to be a guy that's going to come, and he's going to bring peace. Do you think that guy's going to be popular? That guy, I guarantee you, he's going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. He's going to be Time Magazine's Man of the Year. He's going to be hailed as a hero. But when it happens, know this, it's the Antichrist. It says in the middle of that seven years, he's going to reveal himself for who he is. He's going to stop worship at the temple. He's going to set up a statue of himself and get people to worship and bow down to him. Now, one thing that's interesting says they will worship at the temple. Now, y'all know the gold dome in Israel? Y'all, you know, when they show pictures of Jerusalem, you got that big, big, pretty gold dome. That is where the temple used to be. Now it's a mosque. In our text today, it says there will be a temple on Temple Mount. What does that mean? It, it hadn't happened yet, but it's going to. Another temple will be rebuilt. Just as a little side note, Emily and I have been to Israel quite a few times. There are, there are Jewish people there that have already got all the artifacts already made to put in the new temple. They already have building blocks to start setting it up. They are waiting to rebuild the temple. Okay, that's kind of cool, and then it's kind of creepy because we know the Antichrist, when they do that, eventually he's going to set up self-worship for himself. He's going to be a bad dude. Read Revelation. You start looking through Revelation, you find out he's also going to get us involved in a huge conflict known as Armageddon. He'll be like a man of peace. He'll have great power. But here's the good news. God knows all of this. And God will be victorious. You know, every, uh, every evening, I, when we go to bed, I, always, I have a book by my bed and I always read a couple of chapters before I go to sleep. And sometimes, if I'm, it depends on what kind of book I'm reading, but if I'm reading like a, uh, you know, some kind of a novel, I, I'll get real, sometimes I get really wrapped up into it and, you know, things, can, they look good, but then there's some uncertainty in the story. And then I end up staying up later than I'm supposed to because I like to read to a place where I know that everything's going to be okay. You know, because I hate to go to bed just saying, and he pulled out a gun and aimed it, and then I'm like, well, good night. You know, I, I don't do that. I'm like, so I'm going to keep reading. Is everything going to be okay? Now, in a lot of ways, I look at life like a book. And there's been, some, there's been some good stuff that happens in all of our lives. We're like, oh, I'm enjoying this. We've got kids. It was so fun when they were born and all that stuff. And, and then as time goes on, things are getting a little more uncertain. And I'm like, man, I, I want to read ahead. Because I want to see, are, we gonna be, are the characters going to be okay in this book of life? You know, are we going to make it? You know, what's, what's going on? The world is crazy right now, and I'm, I want to read ahead 
to make sure that it's going to be okay. This is the reading head right here. As I read ahead, what I discover is that God says, I'm going to take care of everything. As things are unstable right now, but there's going to be a day when God will make things right. So then why has God given us this calendar? Because he wants to make sure that we're ready. What's on his calendar? The coming of Jesus. What's on his calendar? The death of Jesus. What's on his calendar? The Antichrist. He's coming. And for those of us who are believers, not to be scared. Because we know who wins. Now, my hope is that the listing of these events on this calendar maybe, maybe has moved some of you to see, you know what? I, I, need, I need Jesus as an anchor in my life. Because this world is constantly shifting and changing. But there is one who is steady for all time. There is one who gives us his word beforehand, and years later we see it fulfilled. I can't think of a better one to put your life, to entrust your life to than him. Than Jesus. And I believe there's some of you here today, you need to do that. You need to trust him. Because guys, the world is uncertain, but God has a calendar. And he's going to keep it.